and welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast. My name is Hank, the digital pastor here at the Foundry, and I just want to take a quick second and welcome you and say thank you for checking out our podcast wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. We're excited that our community uh, is growing and uh, at so many of you listen to and enjoy our sermons in this way, whether you listen to them uh, for the first time on a podcast or you just like to reference them after you attend one of our in-person services or watch online. We're just grateful for you and all of you who enjoy listening to our messages this way. Speaking of our messages, we've just started a new series called Incremental that we are really excited about where we're taking a look at how big things have small beginnings and our team is really excited to share this idea with you guys because we really think that there is a lot of great life-changing principles that we can learn from scripture about how we can start small to make a big difference. We're going to hand things off now to to our to our preaching team, and we're really excited again that you're here. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll touch base again at the end of the message. Hey, how's it going? Someday, incrementally, I hope to get better at this thing that I do every week. Uh, Welcome to the Foundry. Uh, Whether you're joining us in person or online, my name is Seth, and I am so very glad you're here. We are all about a better you and a better world. Um, Man, if you were in-house last week, we had a great time. At least I had a great time. I don't know about you guys. We had a great time. We had the Chili Cook, Chili Showcase, the Passion of the Christ, Chili Showcase, Spice, Passion of the Spice. Chili Showcase, you got to get the language correct. And um, man, it was awesome. We had everything set up in here, and I want to I say thank you to everybody that was here. For those of you who are at home, you missed it. You missed some awesome chili and a great time. Uh, thank you to our chili chefs for their time and effort in creating these delicious dishes, and then for their desire to serve uh, and, and to let us experience that. That was so, I'm grateful to you guys. Uh, big shout out to Joe and his buddies in the, uh, what are they called, the Second Light Band. They'd... They were bringing the rock and the roll, so you know it was a good time. Uh, and then, of course, um, we have to, if you, in case you weren't here, we have to tell you who actually won the Chili Showcase. So, who actually won the Chili Showcase and the very coveted giant chili sombrero was Gary and Betty Monge. Give up for them. Are they here? I don't know if they're here. Congratulations there in the back. There you go. I heard their, anyways, uh, good job to you guys. Uh, and then we got to top it off with the big game in which we all saw that Japan crushed China in women's curling. So, yeah, good time, good time. All right, so we also talked about spiritual stuff in the midst of all that, which was great. We began a brand new series that we're calling in- Incremental. We started with this idea that nobody starts on the podium. We talked about um, how how, uh, it's the small things that nobody sees that usually leads to the big things that everybody wants. We looked at Zechariah chapter 4 and and, and talked about his story and and how the way that we change something or do something or build something or create something is by leaning on the Spirit of God to be our strength. We allow God to tackle the big problems in those. We trust Him with that. And then we start small. Small. Do not despise these small beginnings. The way things change or become is incrementally. We are continually in the process of becoming. And then we asked, well, like, what do you want? What is the thing you want? What do you want to change? What do you want to do? What do you want to become? What do you want to create? What is it that you want? And then we asked you to write one word down, and hopefully you wrote that one word down twice, once on a colored sheet of paper and one to take home, and I'm sure you all put it somewhere really important and you know exactly where it is and you even remember what you said last week. 
I'm positive of it. Yes, thank you. Okay. I was worried. I barely got sleep this week worrying about you guys. So we asked you to take that one word and turn that one of those one words into us, and then we began to do something. Now, I'm going to walk over here real quick, cameras and lights. Walk this way. Um, so here we started doing this thing. We have to show this so that the people, this isn't the good camera angle. There we go. Um, am I in good light? Yes. Uh, so that the people at home can see this because you see it quite clearly, but the people at home can't. So this is the beginning of something we're starting to create. And so what we did is, and we're going to keep doing this each week, is you guys in house will get one color of paper. The people at home will be designated by a different color of paper, and they can turn in their stuff. So the blue is like you guys. The green is the people at home. This week, we're going to do light green, I think, and light blue. That'll be the next couple colors. And then we're going to keep building this. We're creating something incrementally. In case you're not tracking, this is like a metaphor for how we change our lives bit by bit, you know, day by day, one step at a time. And so uh, some of you did a really good job with your one word, things like uh, uh, health, gratitude, creativity, uh, peace, boundaries, a lot of good things. Um, the, the, there are a couple of you that maybe I didn't explain it well enough because I'm not sure Cheetos is a good, like, one word to guide and direct it, so I'm going to be more mindful of that at the end about explaining what it is we're looking for. So yeah, so that's what we're doing. We're going to keep building this each week, and hopefully by the end of it, it will make something. I thought it was really, uh, like, I thought you could already see what it was going to be, but I talked to some people this morning, and they were like, no, we can't tell. It's, not, it's a path of, or something, or it's a, we, we don't know what it is. And I'm like, okay, sweet, it's working. So hopefully as this progresses, you'll start to see where it's going. So last week, we started with one word. This week, we're going to move on and talk about our thoughts. Because this is the beginning of how we change, do, how we become anything. Our thoughts shape our speech, our speech shapes our actions, our actions become our habits, and our habits determine the direction that we end up moving our lives. And what you may or may not realize is that your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Okay, so today I want to start with this. This is an incredible book. It's called Switch on Your Brain. The Key to Peak Happiness, Thinking, and Health by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Uh, Dr. Leaf is a communication pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist. She has her master's and PhD in communicative, uh, communications pathology. She specializes in cognitive and metacognitive neuropsychology. I can't even pronounce what she does. But she's really smart. She's been, she's been dealing with the brain and our thoughts for like 30 years. So I'd say she's a pretty good source for helping us to think about our thoughts, right? Now, what you pick up on in her book very quickly is that she's like a pretty hardcore Christian. Like, she is a Christian scientist. Not in like, not in the, you know what I'm saying? Not, she's a scientist who's a Christian, not necessarily a Christian scientist, uh, as you might think of it. So... Uh, what you see very quickly is that everything she does, she kind of runs through this framework of scripture. Now, that being said, she's done incredible work. Also, I don't necessarily line up with all of her theology. That's okay. The scientific research that she's put into this and, and that she uses in here is, is absolutely, absolutely fascinating. So I want to show you just a couple uh, things. I want to read a couple lines from, this is just the prologue and a, a little line from the introduction, okay, to kind of see what, like, one of the experts in this field says about how our brains work and how we think, how our thoughts. She says this, 
You have an extraordinary ability to determine, achieve, and maintain optimal levels of intelligence, mental health, peace, and happiness, as well as the prevention of disease in your body and mind. You can, through conscious efforts, gain control of your thoughts and feelings, and in doing so, can change the programming and chemistry of your brain. What you are thinking every moment of every day becomes a physical reality in your brain and body. What affects your optimal mental and health, physical, mental and physical health, these thoughts collectively form your attitude, which is your state of mind. It's your attitude, not your DNA, that determines much of the quality of your life. You won't forgive that person, get rid of that anxiety or depression, follow that essential pre preventative healthcare, strive to that intellectual level you know you're capable of, or follow that dream, eat that organic food, do that diet, be the great parent or husband or wife or friend, get that promotion, make the other changes to create a quality, positive lifestyle, unless you first choose to get your mind right and switch on your brain. By the way, she talks about there's a, there's a gene uh, uh, in your brain, they call it, it's called the CREP gene or something. They believe it's like, they talk about it like as if it's a literal switch in your mind that you can turn on and off. It's fascinating. Uh, let's see. After all, the ability to think and choose and to use your mind correctly is often the hardest step, but it's the first and most powerful step. She has a quote from Peace Pilgrim. If you realize how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a negative thought. Okay, one more thing. We are not victims of our biology or circumstances. How we react to events and circumstances of life can have an enormous impact on our mental and even physical health. As we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. New thought uh, networks grow. We increase our intelligence and bring healing to our brains, minds, and physical bodies. It all starts in the realm of the mind with our ability to think and choose, which is the most powerful thing in the universe after God, and indeed fashioned after God. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. That's just like the beginning. Right, like she gets into some crazy, crazy stuff. I'm just kind of blown away with all this stuff. Your thoughts are the most powerful thing in the universe after God and indeed fashioned after God. Okay, so let's do this. Let's do a little exercise. Uh, might need to write this down maybe if you got a pen or just something to think about. Uh, we're gonna do a little like a thought audit exercise, okay? So what I want you to do is on a scale of one to 10, I want you to give your thoughts a ranking. Okay, on a scale of one to 10, let's start, we're gonna do three different rankings. Scale of one to 10, when it comes to um, worry or positivity, are you more worried or are you more positive? Are, you, are your thoughts more worrisome in nature or are your thoughts more positive in nature? Like, if, if you're always worrying about every single little thing all the time at nauseum, like, then you're a one. If you find yourself always being at peace in every situation, then you're like a 10. My guess is most of us are somewhere in between. Yes, at times I do worry, but also at times I find myself quite at peace. Okay, put a five. How do you rank yourself here? Give yourself a number. No judgment, right? Nothing but love for everybody, no matter where you're at. Just be honest. What's your number? Okay, you got that? When it comes, let's do another one, ranking of one through 10. When it comes to negative versus positive thoughts, 
do you only see the negative? Then you're one. If you only see the positive all the time, then put 10. Do you only see like what's wrong in every possible situation and what could be wrong and even though it hasn't happened yet, I assume it will go wrong? You're one. If you're eternally optimistic and like it's rainbows and unicorns all the time and you're so optimistic that like people throw up in their mouths a little bit, you're, <laughs> you're a 10, right? Put that down. Where are you at? On that scale, one through 10, be honest with yourself. Oh, well, yeah, I, I, I want to be positive, but I kind of end up being a bit more negative than I want to be. Well, then you're probably a five or less. Well, I, I do have some negative traits, but I tend to be more positive. Okay, five or more. Where are you at? What's your number? Okay, one more. On a scale of one to 10, where would you rank your thoughts when it comes to like material type stuff versus immaterial type stuff? Like, are you focused on <clears throat> the material things of this life all the time? What I have, what I want, what I need, what I don't have, what people think about me compared to what I want them to think about me? Or do you tend to gravitate towards the more spiritual things in nature? You're, you're looking at the immaterial. You're thinking about uh, ways that you pursue love and joy and peace and forgiveness and putting others above yourself all the time. Like, that's where you're at on that scale. Material, immaterial. One through ten. Okay, so now that you've done this with much joy in your heart, let's take those three numbers. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take those three numbers, and I want you to add them together. Add them together. Okay, now that you've got that number, I want you to take that number and multiply it by seven. Multiply it by seven. You got that number. Take that number, subtract 13 from it. Just stay with me. <laughs> then take that number and multiply it by 3.14, which is pi, and then realize that that's all completely ridiculous and we're not doing it. Okay, so uh, <laughs> if you scored anything less than all 10s in each of those categories, then this message is for you. This means you need to listen. You need to pay attention because most of us are just like one or two thoughts from like really, really changing our lives, right? Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Or as Dr. Leaf says, your thoughts are the most powerful thing in the universe after God. So Romans chapter 12, verse two. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this word here, transformed, is the word uh, metamorpho, which is where we get the word metamorphosis, which is, you know, like the terminology we use for a caterpillar becoming a beautiful butterfly. The word here uh, for uh, mind is the word uh, nuos, which has to do with the mental, uh, like all of your mental faculties, making decisions, thinking, uh, has to do with uh, uh, researching, uh, reasoning, deciding, this is, this is your mind. So what Paul says here is that the way we transform, the way that we change, the way that you become the beautiful butterfly that you knew you always were, the way that you express your inner butterfly that's always been there is by adjusting how you think. It's through our thoughts, right? So now, based on our little thought audit, 
My guess is most of us need a little bit of little work here. Where are you at? If our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, what does your thought audit reveal to you about where you're moving and where you're heading? And if so, whatever that thing is, what, what needs to change? What thought do you need to have about your thoughts to help you have different thoughts? What thoughts do you need to have to help you transform? By the renewing of your mind, we see and create transformation. Okay? So, um, let me give us two thoughts and ideas that will help us with this. Two thoughts about your thoughts that are simple in theory that will help move us in the direction that we want to go. And, and this is like a don't eat that, eat this sort of thing, right? Okay, so check this out. Uh, the first thing is this. First thing is to capture destructive thoughts. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to diminish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So this word here, um, this divine power, uh, the word for power here in the Greek is the word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. We have this divine dynamite. We have this holy explosion thing happening. This word uh, to demolish strongholds, the word strongholds is the word akurama, which can mean strongholds, it can mean fortress, it can mean prison. It also has to do like figuratively with deception or lies. So if we are trapped in this prison of, of lies, of false ideas of deception, we have this divine dynamite that you can use to blow up this prison that you are, of false ideas that you are trapped in. We have this powerful truth that can, in fact, set us free. Set us free from deception and lies. What kind of lies and deception and false ideas? Well, the kind of lies and deception and false ideas that stand in opposition to who God is and to who God tells us that we are, who God created us to be. So what do we do? We blow up the lies that the world keeps telling us. Lies about what's important, lies about where and how we, we find our value, lies about our identity. We blow up lies about ourself. What kind of lies do we tell ourselves? Well, I'm not good enough. I can never change. I can never be happy. Everything and everyone is against me. We blow up these prisons of lies that we've put ourselves in, and then we take these ideas and we put them into like a sleeper hold, and we wrestle them to the ground. You take these ideas and you make them submit to who God is and who God tells us we are, right? It's like the other night, uh, me and the kids were camping. <coughs> we were out in the front yard, and it, got, it was like when it first got cold when it was fun, not like two weeks later when it wasn't fun because we're still cold. So we go out and we're camping. Mm. Having a good time, and uh, I had to keep getting on my daughter, Ella. Just like little things, nothing major, just like, come on, come on, come on, come on. So that night, we're getting in our sleeping bags, and we're like talking and winding down, and then we're getting ready for prayer time. And I noticed that Ella's been quiet for a little bit, which is odd, because rarely are my kids quiet. So I said, hey, Ella, what's going on? No response. Uh, Ella, you there? Everything okay? No response. Ella, what, what's up? Talk to me, talk to me. Let's, let me know what's on your mind. What are you thinking? Where are you at? And, she, and she's like, well, 
It's just that, like, I'm the one that always gets in trouble. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the one that always gets in trouble, um, but, like, Elias is the funny one, and Ezra is the kind one, and I'm just, like, the trouble one, so, like, I'm the troublemaker, so that's all I am, so that's just what I'm going to be. I'm just going to be the one that gets in trouble. Okay, I said, well, Ella, I said, sweetie, that's a lie that you're telling yourself. I said, did you get into trouble tonight? Yeah, you did, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a couple times, but that's not who you are. That's something you did, but that's not who you are. You are smart, you are creative, you are strong, you can be thoughtful when you want to be. You can be thoughtful. You're the smart, creative, clever girl that occasionally makes bad decisions. I said, you have to stop thinking of yourself this way. If you keep telling yourself that you're just the one that is the troublemaker, then that's all you will ever be. But that's not who you are. So I don't want to hear you say that about yourself anymore. You can say you're the smart one. You can say you're the pretty one. You can say you're the strong one. You can say you're the whatever. But don't ever let me hear you say that you're just the troublemaker again, right? Isn't this, isn't that situation a picture of 2 Corinthians 10? She's put herself in this prison of lies, this deception about who she believes she is, but her perception of herself is not her father's perception of her and who I created her to be. So I'm inviting her to take those thoughts and to put them in some sort of a headlock and a full Nelson of some sort and to like wrestle them so that who she thinks of herself is who her father thinks of her. Isn't this what we do? Isn't this what we all do from time to time? We get into our heads, we see all the ways in which we don't measure up, all the ways that we think we're wrong, all the times we're failed, all the times that we've made mistakes, and then we end up in this prison of lies. And then what did we say at the beginning? Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Right? Again, what did your thought audit reveal? What direction are your thoughts moving you currently? The great news is here that Paul says we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our thoughts are, uh, uh, we can change, our thoughts can change our reality. You don't have to be trapped in this prison of lies. We have this divine dynamite that is God's spirit that is all the weapon we need to set us free. And then once we're set free, we capture any of these destructive thoughts that come our way, any of these thoughts that are lies that, that are opposed to the nature of God and to who God created us to be, and we put those into a full Nelson and we make them submit. I'm not good enough. Clothesline. Yes, I am. I can never be happy. Bile driver. I can't change. The elbow drop. Watch God work through me. So, how do we change the way we think? One, we start by capturing the destructive thoughts. The second thing is this, is we hunt for the good. You look for the good. It's not really that difficult. Hunt for the good. Uh, Philippians says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, is this the one I wanted? This is not the one I wanted. Verse eight, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, I mean, that's a good one too. That's one of my favorites. Uh, you know that. Uh, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, 
if anything, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If anything is excellent, think of, the truth is that you will always find what you're looking for. If you have a negative mindset, you will struggle to see what's good. If you have a positive mindset, you will struggle to see what's wrong, but you will always find what you're looking for. You will always find what you're hunting for. It's like the difference between um, hyenas and butterflies, isn't it? What do hyenas feed on? Death, decay, that which is dying. They feed themselves on this. This is how they survive. This is how they sustain themselves. They always find death and decay, don't they? What about the butterflies? Butterflies, on the other hand, are pollinators. They feed on the nectar of these flowers, and they always find it. And yes, I'm aware of the problem of like using this, like it breaks down eventually because we do need like scavengers to clean, like that's the system, I get it. But for the sake of our discussion, it works. Just move on. The question for us is what are we feeding ourselves? What is it that you're sustaining yourself with? Lies, deception, death, decay? Because you will find what you're looking for. Are, are you looking for that which is good, that which is lovely, that which is true? Paul says, be the butterfly. Hunt for the good, the noble, the true, the lovely. Think about these things and you will find them. And it's these things that will bring you into the very presence of God. So uh, last week, again, uh, I was having a chat with Ella. And I'm not picking her on her, by the way. Like, I love her with all my heart. It's just that she is teaching me a lot and teaching us a lot. And in a couple years, she's going to be able to, like, be in here, and I won't be able to tell stories, so <clears throat> we have to use our time wisely here. So we're having, we're having this discussion, sitting on the couch, just me and her, put the boys to bed. We're working on our communication skills. She's, in, she's a big fifth grader now, and she's having fifth grade girl problems, which, you know, like, I'm ill-prepared and ill-equipped for. I don't get it. Like, she's doing okay in school, but there's, like relationship stuff at the school with other girls, and I'm like kind of pulling out my hair, pretending like I care about the situation. Ah, oh, that must be tough. Um, so she seems to be in this like kind of habit recently of like, every time we ask her about school, it's always like, what's bad? What's wrong? Well, how was today? Oh, well, this, this, and this happened. This, this, and happened. So I was asking her that night, like, how to go, and she was kind of going down this all the things that are wrong. So finally I said, Ella, I said, sweetie, um, would you like some insight or some feedback from your dad? Or do you just want to vent? Because that's okay if you just want to vent. I get it. We, need, we all need that. We need to be able to express and just get that stuff out of us. And she goes, I don't know, whatever. I'm like, well, I'll, I, can, I, I, I can speak to this and maybe give you some insight, but I'm not going to do that if you're not willing to hear it. And she said... <laughs> Fine, go ahead, I guess, which is always like a great, you know, like opening to a conversation. Like she's really, she's really ready to receive the great wisdom from her father. So I said, okay, El, how about this? How about instead of telling me all the things that weren't right today, how about you tell me what was good? What did you get excited about? What did you learn? What was, what was something fun? Nothing, really, nothing? Like really, not even one thing? Well, I got, to, I got to play volleyball with one of my friends in the PE time, and so that was good, I guess. Okay, that's great. That's one good thing. What else? Nothing, Dad. I told you. Nothing, and nothing ever good happens. Okay, but like, what about safety patrol? You're at safety patrol this afternoon? Like, did you get to help anybody, help one of the little younger kids, you know, get them in the, whatever? 
well, no, I was trying to do this, but then this thing happened, and they yelled at me because it was my fault that this thing happened. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Well, what about like your elective time? Like the, they have like specials, they call them. Well, we had tech. Okay, what was good in tech? You get to create something? Like, I love this stuff. Like, you're learning cool stuff that I wish I could have learned at your age. What'd you learn? Well, I was trying to work on this project, but then this thing happened, and that led to this, and then so I got in trouble for it, and so it was like, all, but it wasn't even my fault because I was working on, okay, uh, well, what about, like, did you get to see your brothers today? Like, because I know your brothers love to see you and pass by in school and say hi to you. And she goes, yeah, but I saw Elias, and all he said was, Ella, you're a butt, and then that was rude, and so that made me upset too. So it was like nothing even was good about this whole day. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So I said, okay, here's my observation. I said, you keep telling me that you want to change, that you want to have a better attitude towards things at school, that you want to have a better attitude towards things with our family, but it seems like you only look for the bad things. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean what I mean? I said what I meant. I said, well, you, all these specific things that I asked you, you only had one good thing. Is it possible that in order to change your attitude, you need to change what it is that you're looking for. Maybe if you looked for the good things, you might actually find the good things. To which she replied, I don't know, whatever, probably not. <laughs> good talk. Good talk. I don't know, whatever, probably not. She seems to have this kind of like hyena mindset right now, doesn't she? Where she keeps finding exactly what she's hunting for. She keeps feeding that with the negative. She keeps filling herself on the decay, the disease, the death, the things that are not healthy for her. This is how it works. We always find what we're looking for, so make sure that you're looking for what's good. Your life will always move in the direction of strongest thoughts. If you want to change your life, you change your direction. If you want your transformation, transformation begins with the renewing of your mind. Your thoughts are what brings the transformation. So we allow the weapons of God's spirit to blow up these prison of lies that we step into, and then we capture and we wrestle these thoughts to the ground, and then we focus and we hunt for that which is good and true and lovely and admirable. So last week, we had you write down one word. Uh, we're going to do something similar, obviously, kind of same thing, I explained it, but this time, we're going to have you write down one thought, one thought that builds off of your one word that will be this next step in this incremental process, one thought that will help you get to where you want to be, one thought that will help you begin to change the thing that you want to change, right? And, and so today, instead of giving you a bunch of examples about what it could be like, I'm just going to be a bit open here and share mine with you, okay? And maybe this will help give you some perspective or some direction what to do here. So my one word from last week, my one word was develop. And that has two layers for me, that I want to develop, to continue to develop as a, as a human being, like as a person, as a father, as a husband, as a preacher, as a communicator, I want to personally develop, which means I have to be continually trying to learn and grow and study and be open to listen and hear all this stuff. The other side of that is that as I develop, I want to develop and create things that help other people to develop. See, so two layers. 
I want to develop so that I can develop things to help other people develop. And I know it's kind of cheating. It's like three different thoughts in one thought. I get it, whatever. So my word was develop. So this week, my phrase, my one thought, based on my one word and based on what I want to do and be and change and whatever, my one thought is this, is that I want to live a life of quiet inspiration. I want to live a life of quiet inspiration. What does that mean? Well, I want to live the type of life that inspires people to live better in their own lives, but I don't want to do it in a way that it's like, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. I know that's kind of my job because I'm the preacher and I'm on the stage telling you to look at me right now. I get that. But in general, aside from using illustration, I want to I be doing stuff and living in such a way kind of just over here that that way when people see it or pick up on it or come near it, something to whatever it is that I'm doing speaks to their lives in such a way that they go, ah, man, I want to do something like that, or I want to do something I, I bet I could do, or, right? Because what I've noticed is that most of the people that have really inspired me have never been really big, flashy things and big, flashy people going like, hey, be like me, I'm, I'm, I'm great, I'm wonderful, hey, it's all eyes on me, right? I don't, I don't need to be the guy that knows everything. I don't need to be the guy that everyone looks to. I just simply want to live a, 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 a fuller type of life that is more deeply, more connected to God, that is a source of peace and inspiration to anybody, anywhere I go. Now, the thing is, is I'm not there yet. That's why this is my one thought, to help me move. This is the direction I wanna go. The people that have inspired me are people that are doing their own things, then I go, I want something like that. For example, my dad. My dad inspires me. As long as I can remember, my father has gotten up nearly every morning. He's went out into some back porch of whatever house we were living in at the time, and he's spent time reading the word and praying to God, spending that alone time. And I've seen him do it as long as I can remember. And so I look at him and I go, wow, like that guy knows some things. That guy's got some wisdom. Like, not only that, but there's this discipline. There's something about this discipline that he's had that helps him to become this person. And, and now he's having this, he has this insight to, to God that I wish I had. Like, I want that. He's never said, hey, you have to do this. You need to be like me. If you want to be like me, this is what it looks like. No, he just did his thing, and I've witnessed it, and I've picked up on it, and I've gone, man, there's something good there that I, I, I want something like that. It's the same thing with, you know what this guy did, my dad? My dad at the age of, was he 56 or something, he rode his bicycle across America. Pedal bicycle across America from St. Augustine to the coast of, of Oregon. Took him like 30-something days. And doing that, he also raised like thousands of dollars for the camp. He raised thousands of dollars for Habitat for Humanity. Right, like what an awesome thing to do, especially at 56. And he never once said, be like me. You have to do this. This is... No, I watched what he did and then uh, and what it taught me, what I was inspired, what I picked up on was that, you know what, almost anything is, is possible if you put your mind to it. Like that's an incredible source of inspiration. When it comes to somebody else who inspires, my mom, my mom at the age of 30, my, <laughs> at the age of 30 is still learning and growing. She, she, she's reading all these books, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a joke that you guys thought I was just being serious, like when she was. Anyways, um, it's not funny if you have to explain it. So uh, <laughs> at, the <laughs> at the age of 30, my mom is reading books, listening to podcasts, asking questions, learning, learning, learning about who she is as a person at the ripe young age of 30. And then she's not only just learning about herself, she's also taking time to learn and to grow and to read and study all this stuff so that she can learn how other people think, how other people view the world, so that she can understand other people better, so that she can meet them where they are at, right? She she's continues to learn this so she can learn more about her children and who they are and how she can relate to them. I'm inspired by that. You know, my, my dad, it's so funny too. I'm inspired by, they're both, they both continue to learn. And, and it's so funny to me because sometimes I'll be up here preaching and I'll see him, he'll write down a thought, he'll write down a note, he'll take a note in the middle of the sermon. And it's really distracting because I'm like, what's he writing? <laughs> like, he's been preaching longer than I've been alive. What did I just say? What did I just say that, is he critiquing me? No, he's probably not, he's gonna tell me something good because he always, he never like critiques openly. He just like, you know, he gives me, that was a good thing, I'm gonna use that, whatever, whatever. But like, He's taking notes. That's from me. Like, really? Like, it's kind of backwards in my opinion, but like, everything, he's learning from everything. There's wisdom to be able to learn. It takes wisdom to understand that you can learn from anything and anyone, right? So these parents of mine, both huge inspirations to my life, and it's never been, do this, look at us, look at what we're doing, you have to do this. It's always just been, we're doing this thing, we believe this thing is a better way to live, we're going to do this. And I've gone, I think they're on to something. So for me, I want to live a life of quiet inspiration, that how I live, how I operate, how I think, how I do, how I, that I don't want you to be like me, I want you to be inspired to, be the, to step into the fullness of who you are. And the way that I want to inspire you to step into the fullness of who you are is by trying to step into the fullness of who God created me to be. So my one word was develop. Develop myself so that I can help develop things, that I can help develop people. My phrase then that like moves off beyond this is that I want to live a life of quiet inspiration. I want to live a life of quiet inspiration. Which means I have to like keep this playing in my brain, which means I have to let this thought guide and direct things, which means I'm going to have to sometimes do difficult things uh, that I wouldn't normally do because I want to continue to grow. Right? I have to make changes, certain things. I have to make certain decisions that push my life in a certain direction, but I want to keep that the main thought. So what about you? What's your one thought based on your one word? What's the thought that's going to help you move in the direction you want to go? Your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your thoughts are the most powerful thing in the universe after God. So for the people of you that are in-house today, you should have received a piece of paper. Did everybody get a piece of paper? If not, we're gonna pass out the papers. I don't know what's happening with the papers. You'll get them somehow, some way. You're waving. What's that? I can't hear you. Uh, raise your hand if you didn't get one. Yeah, raise your hand. They'll pass those out. Uh, what's your one thought? 
What's the thing that will move you forward to where you want to be? The thing you want to change, the thing you want to do, the thing you want to create, the life you want to live. Write that down. And write that down, just so we're clear, twice. One that you turn in here that will add to our incremental thing over there. And one that you take home, that you keep with you. If you're at home watching online, you can write in the comment box or there should be a form that they put into the chat that you can click on. Those will be uh, compiled and those will be put on paper and those will be represented on the thing next week. What's the thing you want to do? Change, become. Take a minute to, to write that thought down. We're going to go into our time of communion, a time where we have to remember the life and the death of Jesus, the one who came to show us how to live, uh, who invites us to the fullness of life. So we take this bread and we take this juice and remember that through the love of God, we are set free. We remember through the bread and the juice that on the cross, God reveals his love to us. This is a time that we gather at this table. We're reminded of the freedom, the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy that God has offered us. We're reminded that as we gather around this table in unity and in love, we have this common union with God and with each other that we in this moment form this new humanity that is the body of Christ. So maybe this time as you're participating in this, maybe your prayer is like, you need to ask God to reveal some stuff to you. Maybe this is a time where may, maybe you need to ask for the like uh, divine dynamite here because you're, you're caught up in some lies, some deception that doesn't align with who God is and isn't who God created you to be. Maybe you need to ask God to blow that thing up right now, right? If you're here today and you need some extra prayer, we've got some people that would love to pray for you and over you. Uh, I believe, I don't know where they are. One is, are they somewhere? Scott is right there. That's the guy I was just talking about. He'd love to pray for you. Uh, and then I believe we have somebody else that was gonna be on the other side. Oh, there they are, the Greenwalds. They also would love to pray for you and over you. So if you've got anything on your heart and mind, if you've got some prison that you're trapped in, let them pray for you, pray over you. So we're gonna take this time, give you space to think, to pray, to remember that Jesus came to give us life. Remember that through death, burial, and resurrection, there's new possibilities. Take this time to think and pray, to ask God to intervene, to give you this spirit, this divine power, to blow up these prisons and to help move us forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. God, we thank you for your, your, your word. We thank you for your scriptures, what it speaks to us, what it reveals to us. God, we thank you for the, the reassurance and the confidence that you have placed within us this brain that is capable of having these thoughts, that is capable of bringing change and transformation to who we are. God, we thank you for sending your son. We thank you that Jesus loved us enough to offer himself. God, we thank you that through him we have new life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in and listening along to our series. 
incremental. We hope you enjoyed this series. And again, if you want to find more information about our church and our community and where you can find us online, make sure to check the show notes for things like our website, things like our Facebook group, The Foundry Family, where we would love to see you, and all the other places where you can find and listen to our content. We're really excited for those of you who tuned in and listened to the Foundry Church podcast. Thanks again. If you can leave a like or a review or a rating, wherever it is that you listen, that goes a long way in helping us reach more people to show them a better you and a better world. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll hope to see you next time as we continue our series, Incremental. But until then, my name is Hank Taylor, digital pastor here at the Foundry Church, and we will see you next time. Take care.